Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money. That's on me. Let me, um... You're you're the Pat McAfee of the uh, game day. I'll take it. (laughs) I like it. I like that. All right, so Pat Pat always scares me on that. Oh, yeah. Like, you know he's got it, but you're always like, when's he going to (laughs) slip? Pat McAfee on game day, though, in that blazer, Saturday with with the big old belt buckle. Like, I know, but when he was pick making that pick for Alabama, I, I was waiting on him to be like, "Roll fucking tide." <laughs> <laughs> I love that guy so much. You I'm know so what? Of course, he's already dropped it once, though, so it's good. I'm so glad he's one of us. Oh, it is good. It's good for the brand. It is real good for the brand. So, speaking of game day, last week, Herbie kind of called the shot. With Marshall and App State. Do you guys remember that? I heard that he was saying that Marshall is a team you need to look out for. He His exact words were, don't be surprised if you turn it on in the third quarter and it's 21 to 17. By God, he was pretty much right on the money. He was. Only it was 15 to 12. So, guys, I'll tell you this right now. If you ever get a chance to go to South Bend, Indiana to watch a football game, even if you're a hater of the Irish, you got to go do it. Awesome, it's huh? It's an experience. Touchdown, Jesus. It's very cool when they do this. They put the visiting team facing all of the cool landmarks in the campus. Touchdown, Jesus. The the Basilica, um, where they go do their mass pregame. And then, and then you see the Golden Dome as well. Like... It's all right there. It's picturesque. It's it's something else. Like something I'll never forget. Never. And especially considering the circumstances. Not only did you, did you get to experience the place, got to experience about the most awesome martial win of all time. I exactly. Hey, and this is something I want to get to with what we're going to talk about here in a second, which is the bigger upset Saturday Marshall Rap State. For Marshall to have won in Notre Dame Stadium with waking up the echoes and finding a way to win there, the way they did, that is all. That is their App State planting the flag in the ground, beating Michigan. Granted, they're an F, not an FCS program. A lot that's a big difference, but that's the iconicness of it. App State being Texas Texas A and M, I feel a lot of that is ESPN generated on making that bigger. Than what Marshall did against NBC. I think, or Marshall against NBC, right? What Marshall did against Notre Dame because it was on NBC. Bigger upset Saturday, Marshall or App State? I would say Marshall. I agree. Considering the fact that App State has had very recent success for consistent years, like they, them beating. A&M was absolutely significant and a huge win for them. And even though, you know, Notre Dame, maybe not the Notre Dame you're used to in recent years, but Marshall being Notre Dame at Notre Dame is a bigger win in my opinion. Hey, hey, but you know what? That's still a top 10 team last year in the Fiesta Bowl, Notre Dame. So it's right. not like they've dropped off that much. Well, I don't know if it's a, they've dropped off that much, but I mean they they did lose some some guys off that team. I, I think Notre Dame was a little overrated. I, I I'll give it to Marshall just on the edge, just because. And I've said this now for a couple of years with A and M, like it, a lot with a lot of these Texas schools. I need you to show me you're deserving of of the hype and everything that you get. Um, and and that and that is a that was a really big win for Marshall, and you got to give you know, Coach Huff and, and his staff and those kids an absolute ton of credit. The thing I would be leery of if, as Marshall, as it, the Marshall fan base, if they continue to have this success, can they hold on to Huff? I have the same thought. I I don't think there's any question that that's a, that's a big no. And they already know that. Right. But they're happy they just to have know him. It's, it's a, Yeah, exactly. 
as they win the game, you're thinking, oh, he's probably gone here in a couple years. I'll tell you guys what I said driving up with my dad this question. Who had the bigger game Saturday? Marshalls with Coach Huff or Neil Brown at Kansas? Ends up being who had the big, who had to win, right? Who's who was it bigger for the game? Neil Brown, look what's happening. Charles Huff had the ability Saturday to elevate himself to a new level, and he did. Like th- that's where that was. He had nothing to lose going into that game, everything to gain, and man, he gained everything. You knew who else got a lot of kudos coming off this thing. Clint Trickett caught an amazing game offensively. Yeah, Clint. Uh, the what the and I because as we were watching it here, even I were you know just kind of waiting on on the Kansas game, I, and I kept saying repeatedly like the game plan he put into place and the play call, um, the way he was, what he went in with worked and it was fantastic. I thought Clint had a hell of a scheme to run and they ran it to absolute perfection. Yeah. They really did. And you know, what's even scarier about this too. Their best running back wasn't even on the field. Now, granted, it's tough to argue that Layborn's not the best running back after, I mean, I don't know if you saw the 42 yard run he ripped off where he literally ripped the ankles of two Notre Dame dudes, essentially out of place on the move that he got to set up the game winning touchdown. But Rasheen Ali's coming back now, was seen at practice this week. Marshall's one-two combo running back is going to be scary, just like App State's is. I do want to give App State some credit real quick here, fellas, before we go back to the herd. Sean Clark, Charleston native, G-Dub grad, he's done amazing things with that program. And the turnaround they had defensively from one week to the next was absurd. Uh, App State getting to host game day this weekend from beautiful Boone. That will be fun. We'll talk about them a little bit later in that game versus Troy. Back to Marshall, though. When Gilmore makes that play, and they're up 435 with 11, 11, 11 point lead with 435 to go, do you actually think at that point they're going to win the game? That's the first time I actually thought, wow, this is going to happen. Before, I was kind of just hoping they'd keep it closed, keep it going. And then mid third quarter, you started believing a little bit, but then Notre Dame took the lead heading into the fourth, and you're like, eh. Then they had to go 98 yards to essentially score that touchdown to take the lead. But once they did that, you almost kind of feared it, but then the pick six happened so quickly after. You're like, wow, this is really going to happen. Yeah, it, it it was almost kind of like you were waiting on Notre Dame to come alive, which – and I think, you know, Zach put it eloquently. This isn't quite, I think, the Notre Dame team – like it just doesn't seem to have that explosiveness offensively. They don't, man. It's only it's only Meyer, the tight end, that's really a big game breaker for them right now. You know, and 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 I think you look to you know what Huff's done, some of the Power Five transfers he's gotten in, and guys that are playing well, and, and obviously you know quarterback play. You know, we talk about it with WVU and Daniels. You know, Columbia has really kind of given them something. Let me ask you this: as somebody who really follows the herd, and I, I don't. I know it's Bowling Green. Do you fear a letdown spot? Oh, I think there's definite letdown spot possibility here for Marshall. But I do like their ability to control both lines of scrimmage on Saturday. And I think Bowling Green just coming off a seven-overtime loss, right, to Eastern Kentucky. I think Marshall's ability to run the football, play defense, I think they've got a big goal in mind right now. Um, I think they'll be okay. They're a 16-and-a-half-point favorite, by the way, on the road. I think – I feel good about them. Let me ask this question real quick, guys, and this is kind of where we're going to start looking at the games for the weekend. Does Notre Dame bounce back 2-30 Saturday in BC against Cal? They're an 11-point favorite. Do you guys – what are you all feeling there? Yeah, I would say that that's a 
that's a spot where they they got to come out guns a blazing like that that's freeman really needing to get things going because like you know everybody's aware freeman's now lost his first three games as their head coach and that's just that's not Notre Dame so he's he's got to have it there i think they'll be hyper focused well i i think there's that possibility now i do know um starting quarterback buncher didn't they announce like he's got like a pretty messed up knee um he's going to be done for a little bit i i don't know i i historically i'd say yes this is one where notre dame has to come out and just beat the everything breaks off of somebody i just don't see that explosiveness off explosiveness offensively from them and I just can't trust it. Um, it's probably a really stupid idea, but I kind of – I'm going to lean towards Cal. I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and say this. I think Cal will cover. I think Notre Dame will win. And that total sitting at 41, give me the under. I feel like Notre Dame wins this thing like maybe like 21-13, like real ugly, but they win. Just based on what I've seen of them, and I don't think Cal's got much, much offensively either. Um, fellas, let's get to the the nooner Saturday, and we kind of joked around who would have had the worst day: uh, Marcus Freeman, Neil Brown, or Scott Frost. Well, Scott Frost, obviously, in the end, Little had winner. the worst day, losing the job. Now his Nebraska program, former, well, you still called his program. I mean, he was a great quarterback there under Tom Osborne. They're hosting. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, an eleven-point favorite there. The total sits at sixty-seven. That seems really odd to me. That almost feels like they're thinking Nebraska comes out fired up and all that. Agreed. As much as I say, because I thought Scott Frost was a home run hire for Nebraska. I agree with you, um, CJ. I thought so as well. You know, obviously, it, it just didn't work out whether enough time or whatever. I think some of it may be Nebraska feeling that they're better than really what they are. But I, I don't know. You just look up and down that roster. I feel like it's kind of very devoid of talent. Um, you know, CJ, I don't know if that's necessarily true in terms of devoid of talent. I mean, Herb Street preseason had him playing in the Big Ten championship game. So it's like – are they devoid of talent or they they just kind of how we've talked about West Virginia doesn't seem to win the close ones. <sighs> Defensively not good though. That's, that's for sure. Well, and I, and I think that's been the ultimate demise for Scott Frost was, is just how bad they were on that side of the ball. But I don't know. I just, I, I can't trust Nebraska at all. And I don't know. I kind of want to take Oklahoma in the points. I think I'll do the same. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's a bad idea, especially with the way Gabriel uh, starting to come into his own a little bit there uh, with the Sooners. I'm not sure about the total though. I think it could get kind of sloppy. Um, yeah, I, I like the under on that one. Yeah, 67 is a lot. It is because you're going to ask Oklahoma to carry a big portion of that. I feel exactly. Like. That's yeah. a lot to ask Nebraska to score to contribute to get there. <laughs> I mean, yeah. That's a very, very good point. I mean, and somehow they have it at an 11-point spread, which is makes that total even weirder to me. Um, so, fellas, would you rather be two teams here now that are overmatched, clearly? The UConn Huskies going to Michigan, the number four ranked uh, Wolverines in that clown schedule they're playing this year, non-conference. And I love hardball. You know this. Or the Fighting Spavadols, Texas State, plus 30 down here in Waco against the Bears coming off that loss to BYU. You think Aranda is going to put it on your boy Spav, CJ? Uh, he probably will. Uh, but if you're asking me who I'd rather be, uh, I want to be my boys there at Texas State, the Bobcats, the Fighting Spavs. Uh, give me Texas State plus 30 because I feel like UConn just rolls off the bus and you know should be down 50. 47 and a half. That's so much candy. I have to take UConn. 
Michigan will win the, it like 45 nothing or something like I'm that. I'm in the same boat. I think that's a huge number. And I'm that's, sure for good reason. It's a huge number, but UConn freaking stinks. Hey, they have won a game this year. Okay. Who'd they beat? St. Mary's for the deaf and blind? I think it was Central Connecticut. Okay. It's, uh, well, thank Kong. you for making my point. Hey, Jim Mora at UConn, man. He's still so weird for me. It, it is weird to say, but like he's a pretty decent coach, and I just don't feel like they're going to lose by forty-eight. And that number might get bigger. Coach. You can be Saturday. a decent coach all you want. He's got zero talent up there. I mean, this is a, didn't they lose to an FBS school by like double digits last year? Oh yeah, so that's what I'm saying. Like at, at some point, like I, you could put Bear Bryant as the head coach of that school, and they're not going to win more than one game. Like hey, makes at some it. point the talent it. it you, you can't out coach it. And that's, and you're probably right. It probably is like 45 to nothing, and that number is too big. But it, it wouldn't shock me if Harbaugh beats him 55 nothing either. I mean, that's very easy. 55 3, you could still cover. So that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just dangerous. I, it's just that, dangerous. It, it is. And it's a big Need number. Need a 50 burger to cover? That's just, I don't know. Um, let's, let's get to, a game here at noon that I'm I'm intrigued by, and that is Purdue and Syracuse, a plus one for the Boilermakers. That feels like an interesting little number there for them to be getting it against Syracuse. Give, give, give me per don't. Um, give me give me Purdue. Um, I am off the Dino Babers train. I, I have jumped off. They are two and zero this year, though. I don't care. I'm still off. I kind of like Purdue. I feel like they should have beat Penn State. Like, plus one, they're not even getting them the three points at the Dome anymore. I'll take the Boilermakers. Hey, by the way, Kentucky's in the top ten, fellas. Number nine. Playing the Youngstown Penguins, no line on it. Kentucky will name the score, but I'm the, intrigued by Kentucky, fellas. The better Stoops brother coach? Question yep. mark? Hey, and who who took who took Kentucky last week? Will Levis? Just saying, you know. Love me some Will Levis. Yeah. That hey, big big win for the for the Wildcats in the swamp. So, back into another hostile SEC arena here, Williams Bryce, where Sandstorm just starts blaring. Georgia's going to walk in there, number one team in the country. It's a twenty four and a half point spread for South Carolina. Do you think they cover? The total is 54. I, I've got a weird feeling about South Carolina hanging around in this thing. I don't know why. I just can't really get behind Rattler anymore. Like I, I thought that he might be able to turn things around. I'm just not sure. Got to show it. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I feel like the hook gets you, though, because I could see a 21-24 point margin of victory here, but I feel like the hook gets you. Yeah, and yeah, I kind of, I kind of dig, kind of see what you're saying on the hook, but like, they were competitive against Arkansas on the road. I, I'm interested yeah, to see what happens here. But, but with all due respect, I know you're a, a big Arkansas guy. Arkansas and Georgia aren't even are 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 not the same. They're not, but Georgia's going to have to play a a road game for the first time this year. That's always interesting, and it's not Vandy that they're playing the road game against like it was last year, and they're at conference opener this is a this is at least a a team with a pulse in terms of the hostility they're going to see yeah i i'd agree with that but i'm kind of like zach i just spencer radler what two years ago we were talking about could probably be the number one pick in the nfl draft and now there's serious questions on whether or not he's good enough to play at this level it is it is interesting that sets and bennett's by far the more productive of the two quarterbacks like you would have never said that, thought to utter that two years ago. Yeah, so that's what I'm saying. I just, I, I'm kind of, I, I need Rattler to show me what he was, not what he's been. Georgia's giving up one and a half points a game right now, fellas. Performance over pedigree. Oh man, that's that's him, baby. <laughs> that's true. You can get you can get a Georgia on the money line for minus four thousand five hundred if you really want to pay that price. <laughs> um. Hey, by the way, the, hook is, the total now is up to 55 and a half, by the way. 
Oh wow. I'm, that's interesting. That's weird. That I mean, I wrote this earlier today at fifty four. Now it's up to fifty five and a half. So what do number, they know? Yeah, what do they know? Number going up significantly makes me think maybe you come back down and you hammer the under here at the end of it. Just a thought. When it's going that way, it's going that way for a reason, right? Um, so, fellas, we were talking a lot about the thumb belt earlier in our initial part of the conversation about Marshall. We got two thumb belt lines here in the 1, 2 o'clock range here. You got Coastal hosting Buffalo, a 14-point favorite, or South Alabama, 15-and-a-half-point dog at UCLA. Who would you rather be? Coastal or South Alabama? Get, 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 give me the chance in, in Grayson McCall. I would agree. Buffalo hasn't recovered since Leopold left. Or Leipold. Buffalo hasn't recovered since Leipold left. 0-2. South Alabama's 2-0, though, guys. They're not bad. I think you say they'll beat them, but I can see them covering I mean, DTR is, is very good, no question about it. But but old, but Bradley, I mean, he's tossed the pigskin around a little this year. Already six touchdowns in, in two games. Was very productive against the Chippewas, uh, who was pretty productive against Oklahoma State. So South Alabama might be a team to watch. To watch. Just quick sidebar out of curiosity, I was kind of thinking this the other day. Is there a point where Chip Kelly makes UCLA like a legitimate program? <sighs> He hasn't done it yet. I mean, going to the Big Ten, is there any confidence it's going to happen then? Well, Maybe. I, I think there's a chance when they get to the Big Ten. Um, and, and I say that, and, I, and I, I'm not hammering on the Big Ten here, but the Big Ten is very top-heavy. Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State maybe. like Wisconsin. Yeah, I mean, Wisconsin's kind of your your stable 9-10 win team every year that goes to the Big Ten title game and then gets absolutely blitzed. Um, but there's a lot of bad in that conference, too. And I think he can feast on that bad. Now, can they be can There's a lot of bad in the Pac-12, CJ. That's absolutely right. Yeah, true. But No, the but, answer is no until something changes. Well, okay, but let me ask you this. Are, are we saying what he did at Oregon was kind of a little bit of a fluke in Phil Knight money? Probably, yes. Okay, well, no, 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 that's, that's a fair answer. I'm just asking the question, but uh, I don't know. I He just had a weird career is all is really what I was thinking because he had that success at Oregon. He went to Philadelphia, tried his hand at the NFL, had some – Sprinkled in success here and there, nothing substantial. Gets knocked back down to the collegiate ranks, and he just hasn't really made anything too I mean, crazy happen to UCLA. I'm just curious. What's his career ever... record? What's his career record um, at UCLA? Let's say about like Neil Brown. Pretty close. Well, but then you also got to ask this question, too. Did he inherit kind of what Neil did, and that's a roster a little depleted and void? Oh, by far he did. So I, I, I think that's why you have to give it a little bit of time there, too. Hey, I don't think he'll have the success that he did at Oregon, but I, I, I think he could find a way to be in that bottom, just, bottom part of the top tier. Let's just throw this out there real quick. UCLA's got a, a pretty soft little schedule here for a minute. This could be the year. Interesting. All right, back back to it, guys. Um, we got two Big Twelvers here. Kansas State minus fourteen. They're two tutties against the Tulane Green Wave or Iowa State, eighteen point favorite against Ohio. Who do you think covers? Easier chance to cover. Who are you taking? The Purple Cats or the Clones? Probably the Clones. For some reason, Tulane has always struck me as one of those teams that can do some funky stuff. They're 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 pesky. Pratt is a very good quarterback, though. Uh, Michael Pratt, five touchdowns this year, no interceptions. Is kind of a gamer there from Boca. Uh, he's he's a different dude, and he's he won some games last year for him. I'm with you on that. About Tulane. Plus, they have a sweet logo. Well, they got to yeah, bust out I, those wave helmets. 
Oh, they better. Yeah. I think the Purple Cats this still might be a little bit, I'm not going to say overrated, but like the Martinez fit, let's see how it goes. But Deuce Vaughn alone probably wins this game. But 14's kind of high. But I think Ohio getting 18's a little high versus Iowa State. Very true. I mean, they scored 10 points against Iowa. Granted, great defense. But, I mean, Iowa State hasn't shown me anything to make me think they're great so far either. Agreed. It's just I think it's more my take on Tulane as a team rather than Ohio. I think that's more so my – Malin. Yeah, Ohio defense is a little soft. Yeah. Maybe you see Iowa State win like 31 to 10, right. whereas you could actually truly see uh, Tulane really hanging around against Kansas State. Yeah, I mean, I really could. I mean, you're talking about a Tulane team that, and granted, that was last year, but, I mean, had to play Oklahoma at Oklahoma because of a hurricane. And, I mean, they were inches away from finding a way to win that game. Yeah, it, it's it's kind of in the DNA of the program. It's a little bit of a fighter mentality, um, and they've got that. They really do. Let's get into the 3.30 window here, guys. Along with a future Big 12 team facing off against a Pac-12 powerhouse there in Oregon. Oregon's a three-point favorite against BYU at home. Number, thir- number 25 versus number 12, the boys from Provo coming in there. You've also got Penn State number 22 as a three-point favorite against Auburn. Which dog would you rather be, BYU or Auburn? BYU because Bo Nix is still Bo Nix. I'm with it. (laughs) I'm with that. (coughs) But Bo Nix could also make some plays. I think BYU is just kind of rolling right now. I think that Baylor win could – spark them for maybe the rest of the season. What a what a out of conference for BYU too. I mean that's a that's a pretty healthy start for them. Yeah, playing Oregon and Baylor back to back. Not, yeah, I mean, not to say that Baylor won't be their conference opponent here soon, but not right now. Hey, they also go to, to uh South Bend for a Saturday night game. Actually no, that game's in Vegas. Never mind. Yeah. And I mean they they get Arkansas at home a little later in the year. BYU, here's kind of an interesting thing to think about. If they get out to a 3-0 and start here, they're going to put themselves squarely early in a conversation of, you know, doing what Cincinnati did and, and finally oh, try and crack no that. Out. 100%. Yeah, because you look at the rest of their schedule. I mean, there, there's a lot of Ws, I think, sitting out on their schedule. But you know what? It's a solid schedule. No, it is, and it and it's a good one. Like you said, you got to go. You play Notre Dame. Uh, you've got Arkansas coming out to you. I mean, they they've got some Liberty. You got to go there. Yeah, and from a completely unbiased from a completely unbiased uh, party of gentlemen here, having BYU have a lot of success coming into the Big Twelve, definitely not a bad thing. No, no not at all. I think they go to Boise. I mean Utah Tech. We'll have to give them a little break on that. But then at Stanford, that's that's a heck of a schedule. I kind of want to see the Cougs maybe maybe mess around and get into that playoff mix. That'd be fun. Yeah, no, I agree. But no, I I I like Boise to or I like BYU to to be inside there that on that underdog. Just do they do they win? I say yes. As do I. I'll. Uh... I'll go ahead and say if the game was in Provo and not at, not at Outson, I would be very confident with you guys. But road games are tricky. And Bo Nix, while we kind of dog on him here a little bit, he's still a pretty good quarterback. Like, yeah, I, I, he's going to run that Oregon offense pretty well. I mean, Oregon going up against Georgia, that was just tough. Like, BYU's not Georgia. So I think it'll be a much more competitive game. Um, but I'd rather be Auburn, guys. I don't think Penn State's that good. And Auburn's at home. And you're going to tell me Penn State's a three-point favorite on the road down at Jordan-Hare? No way. It, no it, way. It is. I know Clifford's but, good, but no way. Yeah, but I mean and, – and I can see where you're coming from, but here, here's kind of the other issue, too. Is, that Auburn defense is going to eat those boys alive. The Auburn defense is good, but Auburn offensively, especially at the quarterback, has been pretty bad. True, but they'll win it on turnovers, special teams, and running the football. 
That's my that's my that's my guess. I would love for Penn State to get up to three and a half. I would feel very good then. Taking the taking the Tigers, a War Eagle plus three and a hook. Love that. Throw that toilet paper down there on Tumor's corner, right? I mean, do, do we do we guys give any chance for Georgia Tech to cover against Ole Miss? Sixteen and a half. It is at Bobby Dodd though, so the Yellow Jackets will have that kind of home field advantage. But still, I love Ole Miss. Yeah, obviously. I just – yeah, I, I, I like Ole Miss in that one big too. Um, Jackson Dart's a heck of a quarterback. Um, and why I like the Sims kid, he's gritty, he's tough. I just – I just don't know if Tech has the horses offensively to keep that thing close. Right. Sims, Sims has shown that he can – he can play, but doesn't seem like there's a lot around him, really. Yeah, I mean, the, the kid's an absolute gamer. He's got a ton of heart, but, I mean, there's just it, – it, he's trying to do it all himself, and I just don't don't see that being a real good recipe, especially against Ole Miss. Yeah, Ole Miss's offense plays really good. Mingo is a very explosive receiver. Um, I, I really, really like kind of the way – Ole Miss is kind of shaping into form. They've got a game two weeks from now versus Kentucky down there in Oxford that's going to be electric. I cannot wait. Hopefully both those teams get to that game undefeated. Um, Let's kind of get to some more fun belt here real quick. There's three games in this next window here. Would you rather be the fun belt team as the dog in in these three games? Troy at App State, so it's actually a a conference matchup. Georgia Southern – the UAB, they're an 11 and a half point dog. And of course, UNL Monroe, Terry Bowden's bunch, the Warhawks go to Bama plus 49. Who do you feel better about taking? Obviously, not a UNL Monroe, but we had to throw it in there. But 49. Yeah, but what scares me with that is, is the way Bama played against Texas. Like, you almost feel like Saban's going to, like, literally try and put 100 on the board. Agreed. <laughs> that's a that's a that's a spot where they're like, yeah, we're not we're not showing any mercy. Captain Insano shows no mercy. <laughs> yeah, oh man. In this case, Saban is Captain Insano. He, yeah. he Captain Insabo. Yeah, Captain in Captain Insaban. Bo, I like it. I like it. I think Georgia Southern is the play of the week, fellas. They went down the Nebraska one, and now you're telling me they're getting eleven and a half against UAB. Was, yeah, Bill Clark's got a good football team, but they're going to compete. That was you my kidding. thought also, as much as I hate to go against my Dragon Blazers. Oh, sorry, those are your Dragon Blazers. And they're a good team, but they did lose to Liberty last week. So now you're going to tell me they're a, a definitive favorite against a team that just won at a Big 12, or excuse me, should be Big 12 school, a Big 10 school in Nebraska. Granted, it lost Scott, Frost's, Scott Frost's job, but I mean, come on now. Yeah, I, I'm kind of with the consensus there on, you know, Georgia Southern. I mean, that that's a big win for them. I don't know quite how good, you know, maybe UAB really is, um, you know. And that's tough for me, too, because, I mean, I, I am the Liberty apologist of the three of us. But, um, you know, you had opportunities to win that game and just – couldn't couldn't make the plays, couldn't make the adjustments to get that done. I mean, um, they have a great defense at UAB. Let's just go ahead and say that. They're very good defensively. But I'll say this, man, the former Buffalo quarterback, Van Treese, you know, we talk about Leopold so much. He's the guy, Georgia Southern, and he's he's a very efficient runner too, dude. I That's a tough team. Funbell's got some good schools. And then a conference matchup in that, that league. Give me Troy plus 12 and a half. Against App State, I, I've got a feeling they're going to be a little bit down emotionally off of that, and kind of with all the game day distraction. Troy played and hung a little bit with Old Miss down in Oxford. I think they'll hang around just enough. I don't think they'll win, but if this thing gets even a little higher, like close to fourteen, give me Troy. At what point does our God Jared Diggy take that job? Ever? I don't know. I mean, Watson's looked decent so far through two games. Yeah, the the five I mean, had, three picks is a little disconcerting, but I mean, 
Yeah. I mean, he that threw two not- of them against Alabama and A&M. That's not great. But against Ole Miss, he was 34-47 for 275. A touchdown and an interception. He wasn't bad in that game at all. No. No, he wasn't. And uh, I don't know. I, I, cause I can see Watson, with, what a name, dude. What a name. With with App State and this being kind of a little bit of a letdown after the, the big win there at A&M. Um, but I, I got to give Chase Bryce because I was banging on him all last year. He's, he's really impressed me so far this year. He's cut down on the stupid mistakes. Um, and really played very good game managing football and not turning it over, making the right play at the right time. Uh, hey, he handed off to Cameron Peoples. I mean, yeah. 112 there against the Aggies at Calfield. He's pretty solid too. It, it's part of me is like it, they're begging you to take App State with the 12 in the hook because like they're they're a very good team, but that just feels weird. Yeah, it yeah, it almost feels like they're just yeah, like you like, said, they're they're begging you to take it because they know something you don't. Why they build those towers out there, Zach? You know what I mean? That's that's the reason they they know what they're doing. Kansas, Houston, fellas, plus nine for the Jayhawks coming off the big win in Morgantown. We won't talk too much about it. Dana needs a bounce back too, or Texas Tech's a ten point dog. Down in Raleigh against uh, the Wolfpack. Don't turn your back on the Wolfpack. Who would you rather be? Texas Tech or Kansas? Both essentially double-digit dogs. I would probably rather be Texas Tech. You're kind of you're kind of liking where you're at right now. First-year head coach Sean McGuire. I think you've got some momentum. Maybe enough to cover against NC State. I think I think Texas Tech kind of has some stuff going right now, and if they can get shucked back, I don't know what his timetable is. That would be a welcome sight for them as well. But I don't know. I think I think Kansas catching lightning in a bottle a second straight week might be a little tough on them. The plus nine is kind of weird on that. I kind of. I don't. I almost lean against both teams. Um, I'm I think Devin Leary and NC State's going to find a way to really be firing. And I'm. Tech to this point, quite frankly, I know Houston's solid, but like, uh, well, let's let's see. Yeah, I, I'm actually leaning with the Jayhawks simply just because this this Houston team it has that true Dana feel. Um, defensively, Ooh. they can't stop nobody, and if Kansas can find ways to exploit them, um, like they did West Virginia, um, I, I don't know if Kansas finds a way to win it, but I don't know. I was really impressed with them Saturday in the way that they offensively stuck to you know, found something and stuck it until they stopped it. And, I mean, this Houston defense is pretty anemic right now. I mean, they're giving up 454 yards a game. Um, it, it, it's – I just – there's something about that Kansas offense. They're going to find ways to move the ball, and they're they're going to still be in this thing at the end. Does Houston play in a third consecutive overtime game? I mean, Frank the Tank, they barely came out of that thing against the Roadrunners of UTSA with the win. They lose this one to Texas Tech. I think I think you're onto something there, CJ, with Kansas. Like I, I didn't want to fall into the trap. I was going to say Houston's going to bounce back, but then I'm like, eh, maybe Kansas does have the goods here. And nine is just a weird number. So like, if it gets up any higher, you got to take the Jayhawks and and and, uh, and Jalen Daniel. Mm-hmm. Like that feels pretty good, um, fellas. Five p.m. window there, Liberty. Is a 16 and a half point dog. Marshall's a 16 and a half point favorite, both on the road. Would you rather take Liberty getting points against Wake and Sam Hartman, that explosive offense, or Marshall to cover that coming off the big win against Notre Dame? I'll take Marshall on that. May, may be a hangover spot, but what's, what's Bowling Green have to really offer against them? Their defense is really bad. Really bad. 
Yeah, um, that that that's what fears me with Marshall is is just that hangover spot. But I mean, it, as bad as Bowling Green has been, um, that's probably where the play is. I I'm gonna go with my heart. You know, you guys know me. I, I'm a Liberty Flame homer. Um, give me them plus the sixteen and a half. Uh, for no other reason than I, I'm a homer. Um, Did you like the Salter kid at quarterback to CJ? Well, he here's the thing is if I mean if, beating UAB is pretty solid. I'll give him that. That's a pretty yeah, good win. It is. I mean, the thing I remember, the kid's a freshman. He's not Malik Willis. Um, you know, Malik's in the NFL now. He's in the league. He's playing on Sundays. Um, you know, but I do like kind of what I see out of him, you know, athletically. Um, Demario Douglas is to be a really good wide receiver. He's only a freshman. And Wake's a really good team. Don't get me wrong. I really do like Wake Forest, but I don't know. Hugh finds a way to get his guys ready. They always seem to be in the ball games. Um, I just i I don't see Liberty getting getting blown off the field. Yeah, sixteen and a half is a weird number for them. I kind of like them plus those points, especially if it gets any higher than that. Um, Marshall's almost a stay away though at sixteen and a half. Like that's that's a tough number because I could easily see them being very content with winning. Especially if it gets up higher to 17, I wouldn't touch it at all. Um, I could easily see them winning like 31 14. So, night games here, fellas, real quickly. Michigan State, a three and a half point dog down there against Washington. I find that very peculiar. You know, that's a line that kind of makes you raise your eyebrow like Vegas somebody is at knows, it again. Yeah, somebody knows something the rest of us don't. And I'm going to be honest with you, and I didn't know this till right now, but Michael Penix Jr. is a Washington Husky. Mm-hmm. He's a good quarterback, but it's still just interesting to me that we've we've elevated them somehow to that status right now. Well, I'm wondering how much of it's either they've been elevated or that's how much people don't trust Michigan State. <sighs> I think you're probably right on the non the not trusting Michigan State part, CJ. And another another little Why are we wrinkle, not trusting Michigan State? Another little wrinkle to throw into that as well, which you know may be something, maybe nothing. Seven o'clock or seven thirty, excuse me, on the West Coast. That's a ten thirty start in the East. I mean, that's not that's nothing. Seven thirty. That's a seven thirty game flat, Zach. That's Eastern time, so that's actually four thirty out Washington. Oh, you can cut that. <laughs> that's fine though, but I mean, no, it's okay. That's a that's because... a, a twelve thirty comment. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I love I'm this under. Me. By the way, fifty six in the hook. Yeah, and I mean, I understand that Michigan State historically has been a good program, but I mean, let's. Did did you really have them in that upper echelon tier before last year? No. So that's why I'm saying, like, I'm not, I'm not ready to be there with Michigan State just yet. It's it's interesting. Washington's a a favorite in this game. I, oh, I think it's oh, I, it's definitely one of those weirds that Washington's a favorite. But I think a lot of that has to do with really how much are we trust in Michigan State. I mean, they had the one good year and they backed the Brinks truck up. Let you know, and that fan base is starting to kind of carry itself a little, which is fine. And they historically have been very, very good, but. I'm kind of in a all right, show it to me again spot because you have been down for the last four years. So prove to me you're I also feel bad. like when Vegas makes calls like that, it's best to pay attention. Like those Yep. Those when have a, a lot of carry. Hey Zach, you're learning, buddy. When a ranked team is getting spotted points by an unranked team, especially when that when that ranked team's going on the road, they know something. Mm-hmm. They know something. Ranked road underdogs, there's always a reason. Yep. It's a trendy pick, and it wouldn't shock me if Washington wins by three just because Vegas has it at three and a hook. Yep. Could be interesting. Um, we got a couple 730s here, fellas, real quickly here. I have a question. How in the world is Iowa 
a 23-and-a-half-point favorite against anybody. Are they even going to score 23 points? I don't think so. I think they'll beat Nevada 21 nothing. Like, how in the world does anybody take Iowa in that thing? Well, here's my question. Where do you get the over-under at 39? Like, where is that right. coming from? Because Iowa's offense is high school bad. Iowa is down in two games. <laughs> it's unreal. Seven points scored average this season. And they give up six and a half. And they've only scored one offensive touchdown. I just don't know how it's possible to be such a significant program and be that god-awful at offense. Maybe Nevada's defense is a sieve. Well, I mean, they, they've given up 400 yards a game to this point. They did it's lose their incarnate word, by the way. It's got to be it. And they did beat the Fighting Spavs, though. So, yeah. down there at Texas State. But 23 and a half. Come on. No, nope. no way. Not a chance. Um, who would you rather take as a road favorite? Pitt going to Kalamazoo, taking on the Broncos of Western Michigan, 10-point favorite, or Central Florida needing the bounce back off last Friday's tough loss at home against Louisville, going to FAU. Willie Taggart's bunch. No Marshall to compete with in CUSA now down there. Pretty much the favorite you would think to win that league. Who do you guys feel better about taking as the essentially double-digit favorite? Well, let me ask this question. What's the status on Slovis? That was going to be my question. I don't think it matters. Patty was pretty good. Yeah, Patty was. Part of me wants to lean towards Pitt because you got to think a lot of those kids want Western Michigan after what happened last year. Like, it's almost like we want revenge. It's true. You got to go up there. I will say that that stopped him from having an undefeated year. I will say this: Nikosi Perry and FAU, they're they're pretty tough, man. I I kind of I feel like they let that that Ohio game kind of get away from him week one. He's a good player. I, I don't know, man. I I kind of I kind of think Central Florida. This John Rice Plumley, it's not what it used to be. They looked awful in the second half, though. Maybe the bounce back spot with UCF's the better play from. I don't know. It's just tough to take pick. Come on, fellas, let's be real. No, no, no. It. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. But I think the but when it comes thing, to money, maybe. But as you look at it, I mean, Western Michigan. I mean, they're giving up over 175 yards on the ground. We know Pitt will really does want to run the football. Both of the defenses in that game have been pretty pretty bad to this point as far as statistics are concerned so i don't know just i I feel like if yeah if i had to there as much as i hate to say it i i would take the panthers minus 10 just because i got a feeling they want to just lay the wood and get the last year taste out of spot but i'm with you i'm with you eat shit pit Upset of the week, UTSA getting 12 in the hook against Texas. They will hang. Big 8, o'clock, here 8 o'clock, Longhorn Network. Frank the Tank Harris, those boys are going to come to play. They should have beat Houston. They've had back-to-back overtime games, though, just like Houston has. Pretty wild that both those teams have now played in back-to-back OT games. Texas – the emotional letdown that that's coming off of this. I'm going to be interested to see how they play. Give me the Roadrunners plus the points and, and watch out for them. That's a sneaky team come Saturday night there in Austin. Could, could see that happening. It is. It, I do have one concern with the Roadrunners defensively is, is they have not been real solid there. I mean, yeah. 38 to army on a team that you know they're just going to run the football like their 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 tackling has been pretty tough to watch that that yeah. would be my only fear fear with the roadrunners but i think it's a nice spot because like you said texas with kind of a a letdown a big letdown spot there we also know armies that's a difficult offense to prepare for and to and to stop um, it is it's Texas just, a little more traditional. True. 
better talent on the field, though. So I get where you're coming from there, Zach. You like the Roadrunners to cover that? Um, no. I think Texas will. What does that number need to be at for you to to think about it? Fourteen. Okay, so if it was fourteen in the hook, you might might take the Roadrunners. Yeah, I could Maybe. I could get behind that. Mimi. Yep. Mimi. Oh, yours is much better than mine. Um, I just I want to make one more comment. Mimi. That I always <laughs> I always think it funny, even though I understand the move. I always think it funny when a team goes from unranked to ranked after they lose a game. Incredible. Like, up to twenty one, despite the fact they lost to Bama, which you know, people say no no such thing as good losses, but it would seem that the voters feel differently. <laughs> yeah, well, and, so. and, and here's the other thing to pay attention to with with this game is historically teams after playing Alabama the next week are n- historically not real good. That that Alabama fatigue, if you will, they beat you up a little bit. Yeah, so that that's another interesting thing to kind of pay attention to. I think on this one as well um, is what that does. So. That's kind of a sneaky spot. I love the under at 60 and a half. Absolutely love the under. I I don't see Jay. I, I think just, he gets I, over. I just I don't know. I, I I feel like I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like that offense is a little different with without Quentin behind center. Maybe kind of grind it out still, a little I, bit. I, I know BJ Ryan's still there and all, Robinson's still there, but I don't know. I just I feel like that's a little big, it, it, and it might be. Um, I mean, I mean, Card can still hold his own. Obviously, Bijan Mustard Mustardson can uh, can get that going. Can, did you guys hear about that? Bijan Robinson, yes, brand of yeah, Mustard. Bijan Mustard. Yeah, Bijan Mustardson. <laughs> Just yeah, want to make sure you guys didn't miss that. Bijan Mustardson. I, I think I think that you know they'll try and ride him. I think it's a team like UTSA. I think that could definitely yeah. be uh, a en- enough to get him the win. Fair strategy. For sure. Enough to get him the the win for sure. But they might be able to hang around that number. But twelve and a half is just a bad. It's a bad number when you're trying to take the dog there, though. Um, you might as well try and take him straight up at that point. Right. Um, Nine o'clock window here in 10, 10 p.m. Three games that really caught my eye. All going to be on TV. Miami going to Cal Field against Texas A and M. Boone won. The boys from Boone made a appearance and stole the game. Texas A and M's a five and a half point favorite against number thirteen Miami. I've got a feeling Texas A and M is going to bounce back in a big way. I'm not sure how good Miami is. Give me Texas A&M, and that total is sitting at 44 in the hook. I love the over there. As do I. Van Dyke Van Dyke seems to be like a legitimate legitimate guy in Miami. But, I mean, A&M is going to come back and score more than they put up last week against App State. Yeah. So I, I'd take I, that over as well. Yeah, because I, I feel like, and I, I don't completely agree with this is like a must win for Jimbo. I, I think it calms a little bit if you get the win here. Am I missing something with Miami being 13? Do I feel like they got some ranking here that maybe isn't quite deserved? You fever. Or, or, or did, or am I way off and I just missed something? Well, I think they were better last year. They were really good a couple of years ago. I don't know how they got where they got though. I'm with you on that CJ. I think I mean, there is a little bit to be like, Whoa, what, how are they? I mean, I mean, I mean, no disrespect, but you beat Southern Miss and Bryceman Cook. To me, that just, uh, okay, cool. But, yeah, I I like A&M in a bounce back here. I just, I don't see Jimbo going to one and two. I just. Yeah, I'm with you on that. 10 and 10.30 games real quickly here. San Diego State. Utah, number 14th ranked, 21-point favorite at, at Rice-Eccles. That's a big, big number. And then Fresno, 
is a 12-and-a-half-point dog against the number seventh-ranked USC Trojans there with Lincoln Riley and the boys. Again, Vegas is, like, trying to tell us something in both these games, I feel like. And that total, by the way, in the Fresno-USC game is 74, fellas. 74. Fireworks after dark. Yeah. Um, Jake Hayner and those guys against Caleb Williams, they're expecting a lot of points. I feel like defense might be a little underrated in that one. If that thing gets any higher, maybe you go in there and snipe that under real quick, and they still – it's like a 35-34 shootout, but you get that under. Yeah, I'm with you. I I would like it to go up maybe a little bit to feel kind of confident in it because, I I mean, USC has shown that they're – they're going to put up points. Um, and their defense may not be where it needs to be quite yet. I mean, gave up 28 to Stanford, who seems to be pretty offensively inept these days. Yeah, yeah. well, and I mean – Jake Hayner's definitely a better quarterback than what than what they saw last Saturday from, from, from the tree. And, and you know USC is going to put the points on the board. And, I mean, 74 might not be too far off, but that is that is a big number. Yeah, that is that is a big. I I I really do actually kind of like USC in this game, and I think maybe even to cover. Just, I mean, Caleb Williams has been what he was, you know, last year. I mean, he's six no, touchdowns, no turnovers. Could ask for. Yeah, well, and that's what the amazing thing is. You look at offensively the numbers they've put up, and Addison, you know, twelve catches, two twenty six, four touchdowns. He hasn't played a lot in late games because they've been up so big, and obviously you're not going to put him out there. But um, you know, but Caleb Williams just continues to to dazzle and make plays. It's he's a very special talent, and that's completely evident. Seeing a single digit beside USC's name is kind of weird. It's been a while. It feels like it has been a while. I mean, probably the Matt Barkley era. It's been close to 10 years, right? Yeah. I mean, there was a time when anything less than a single digit looked wrong for USC. No doubt. Hey, Lincoln Riley's getting them back there quickly. Um, <clears throat> CJ, last week you said Brian Kelly is the Joe Madden of college football. So it got me thinking real quick, closing out. I want you to now compare a coach every week to a baseball manager for the rest of the season, if we can. <laughs> do who do you compare Lincoln Riley to as a baseball <sighs> manager? Now, granted, you're wrong about Brian Kelly being the Joe Madden in college football, but I kind of love it. So, who's Lincoln Riley? Lincoln, um, I'm I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this just kind of based on age, and then you know. Record-wise, regular season, not quite postseason. Okay, so that's where this is going to come. Hold on, I think I know this, and I kind of love where you're going to go. Okay, I'm good. Where do you think I'm headed? Is it Alex Cora? I was, yeah, I was going to go kind of Alex Cora, Aaron Boone, somewhere in there, simply because a lot of success in the regular season hasn't necessarily translated into championships. Um, Really exciting brand of you know, coaching and the way they play, but it hasn't quite found its success where it matters. And that's at the end of the year in, you know, conference, you know, in, in championships. And not to mention on the biggest stage against, you know, having, you know, leadership over a, a primary brand and that's then that sport. It's another good point, Zach. I like that. Yeah, that's uh, that'd be. And you yeah, say you're I not a baseball guy. comparison. <laughs> I don't have to be a baseball guy to know that the Sox and the Yankees are, you know, heavy hitters. Yeah, yep. I mean that's just. I mean that's like I said, you're kind of doing it off of, of like I said, I was doing it because you know those are two of the younger guys, and you know you look at the the success they've had, you know, early and more importantly, even in the regular season, but you know. When, when you're getting paid that kind of money, you're not getting paid to, to win games in September and October. You're getting paid to win games in December and January. Oh, see, that's so that's the next thing for Brian for uh, for Brian Kelly. That's the next thing for Lincoln Riley. Yeah, I, without question. Yeah. 
I mean, okay. you're getting paid that kind of money. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, they was... could very well get in a position to do that this year. I mean, who's going to stop with the Pac-12? Honestly, it's Utah. Don't. Yep, that's what I was going to say. Don't count out Utah. You know, else I'm not going to count out when they get to that point. Don't count out Notre Dame. Don't count out, but don't count out Chip Kelly, UCLA. Okay. It just have to lose once. That trip to Corvallis here in a couple of weeks could be kind of interesting. Could be, and well, and it's Blaine, weird. well, and Blaine, you and I have said this before. Oblong ball bounces funny. It it does. It really does. Do you guys have a lock of the week to come out on here? Lock of the week. As is tradition, I will defer. <laughs> uh, glad to see some things don't change. Um, lock of the week. I'm going to go... I'm gonna give you a, a, a lock of the week here, and this one's gonna be kind of a of a crazy one. But Old Dominion not only plus eight and a half, they go into Charlottesville and win. Ollie Jennings continues to put up stupid numbers. Give me ODU. Wow, lock of the week, ODU. Yep. All right, Zach. Oh, let's see. <laughs> I'm shocked by that. No, I, I like it. I think. Um, by the way, Ollie Jennings is the nation's leading receiver. Just is that right? Yep. What did he put up last week? A couple hundy. Yeah, he's at 13 catches, 322 right now. Son. Wow. <laughs> Neil Brown guy. Just saying. Could you, could you use that in the wide receiver room? Wouldn't hurt. Hey, Bryce Ford Wheaton's having a heck of a season though. Yeah, talk about Bolitnikov, guys. Um, let me let me go with Florida, getting a little bounce back. Hmm. I don't really know what UCF has to offer these days, but I'm yeah. I'm the Bulls pick, aren't traditionally strong anymore. No, I'm going to say that Florida pulls that one out against South Florida and covers the 24. I think Richardson get back, gets back on track. Okay. I like that. I like that pick here, Zach. My uh my lock of the week is going to be Old Miss Georgia Tech. Give me Old Miss minus sixteen in the hook. Putting it on him. I've got a feeling. The other one I was kind of thinking about there was uh, Oklahoma minus 11. Just, it feels too weird not to be right. Yeah, I like that one too. That one's that one's a weird one for me. I thought about zagging originally when we were talking about that game and being like, well, Scott Frost is out, inject a little life into the team, Nebraska finds a way to be feisty. I can't do it. I think they're just dejected in general right now. Like, yeah, that's, that's a school that just – a program that I don't know if they really know what they are. They're still kind of stuck in what they feel like they should be. They're they're stuck back in the Tommy Frazier days. Hey, Tom Osborne is not walking through that door. No, he is not. That's for sure. Uh, CJ, hit him hit him with the Twitter man and um, kind of uh, where they can check out the rest of the Sixer there for the picks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, our Twitter um, at Porch Sports. Um, pod on on the twitter uh we do have a facebook page um sport porch sports podcast on facebook you can look us up there too um all of our stuff goes up on both of those um so give us a give us a follow and a like and all that and we'll you'll keep in tune when we drop podcasts you know any anything we put up whether it be our picks questions whatever um you can reach out hey. to us on both of those platforms as well with any questions you've got for us or whatever you want to get off your chest to us hey we i'll I'll say this too we allowed ourselves to have two weeks to kind of examine and i think i know less now than when i was reading every preseason prognostication but now it's showtime all right six picks this week time to go zach defending champ man see what happens 
I'm going to play um, this year, buddy. My lack of research will hopefully continue to do well for me. <laughs> hey, I, I've got faith in you, man. I'm glad somebody I've got faith does. in you. Hey, and then, you know, fellas, let's let's have a great weekend of college football. It can't be any more of a dream than it was last weekend and a nightmare in the same, same token. Weird weekend. We're still in September. Who knows what might happen? Till next time, y'all. Take it easy. And here comes the money. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talk. Here comes the money.